0: fill up every day at his pump, lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome back to Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. And today we're going to be focusing on verses 13, 14, and 15 of Colossians chapter 2. So Colossians chapter 2 verses 13, 14, and 15. and We're actually going to talk about human depravity, right? So our total human depravity. Um, Because within these three verses, we just get smacked in the face with understanding that salvation is all of God, and we just respond to what God has done within us so yeah so let's go back to colossians chapter 2 and let's read from verses let's see let's read from verses 6 all the way through verse 15. so it says this therefore as you have received christ the lord it says therefore as you have received christ jesus the lord so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in a faith just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit according to the human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled in him Who is the head of all rule and authority in him? Also, you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So let's go back to verse 13. And this is what it says. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. So you are either dead in sin or you are alive in sin. In Christ so let me ask you which one are you right so according to this verse we we get this idea that you're either dead or you're alive and if you're alive then you're alive in Christ if you are dead then you were dead in sin and you see how the two are opposed to each other a few questions that we should also ask is um, Is it even possible for me to make myself alive? So, imagine yourself dead. Is it even possible to make myself alive? Can I come to Christ without God first intervening? Um, Apart from Christ being dead in my trespasses, do I even want God? Is man totally depraved? Well, there's uh, a few passages that speak to this so in Ephesians 2 1 we get that we are dead in trespasses and sins right so apart from Christ dead in trespasses and sins that's Ephesians 2 1 in Romans 7 14 we are sold under sin Romans 7 23 we are held captive to the law of sin you could even say that we are slaves to sin That's ultimately what it's saying. And in Ephesians 2, 3, we are by nature children of wrath. So, yes, according to scripture, we are incapable of anything good, as well as come to God, unless God does a work within us to cause us to come to Him. To come to God in repentance and faith because ultimately what God reveals to us when we are made alive is our deadness to sin, right? How sinful sin is. God quickens us by the Holy Spirit and causes us to recognize how filthy we are because of sin. We repent from that. We make an about-face from sin and we come to God And then we put our faith in Christ, right? We put our trust in Jesus, understanding and knowing what he did for us, right? Because that was the only way. Who is the only one that can sustain the wrath of God and live? Not mere human. Only God himself can do that. And the God-man, who is Jesus Christ, he did that for us. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. We're going to talk about... um, what that means and how how is it possible right so and even understanding that we are dead in our trespasses and sins we're not even close to being as bad as we could be right? just put that into perspective because sometimes whenever we ask are you a good person uh, we compare ourselves to others who are worse than us right we look at Hitler and we ask hey who's better you or Hitler more than likely we would say me or you right because Hitler he was evil and we see that we, we see the things that he's done we learn about him through history and we see how evil Hitler was right Stalin same thing wicked Wicked men. But we look to them and we say, I could never do that. Or I would never do that. Well, well, think again. Um, it's only by God's sovereign grace that we are not as wicked as we could possibly be. Right? Just think about that. God's sovereign grace causes us to be not as wicked as we actually are. And praise God for that. And here in the U.S., even right now, we see the wickedness of man. Right? All around. And you know what? It could actually be worse. And why is that? Because we can tell, we can see that the Lord hasn't lifted up His hand all the way to the point of just revealing how wicked we really are here. So praise God for that, praise God for His sovereign grace. But also just understand uh, the implications um, of us being dead in sin, and how is it then that I can be made alive in Christ? How is that possible, right? We look at other Christians and we say, how is it that you came to God, and they are going to say, well, a lot of them will say, well, I chose God, or they're going to say, um, I just knew that I needed to change my life, so I came. Uh, I came to God. I don't do this anymore. I don't do that anymore. They start naming sins that they don't do anymore. But is that really the reason why we come to God? Um, we we must <laughs> read Scripture and let's reread uh, what this says in verse 13: "And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh." God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. For God to forgive us our trespasses is to say that we were on God's bad side, if you want to say that. And what that means is that the Lord had his wrath towards us. His just wrath. Right? His holy wrath. And what is wrath? It's God's judgment. And... Because we have sinned against God, God has to pay us in what is due to us. If we worked sin, what is due to us is death, for the wages of sin is death. And this is where Jesus comes into play, right? This is where Jesus comes along and we see what he has done for us, right? This is how we can be forgiven of all of our sins. All of our trespasses, right? God made alive together with Him, right? Who's the Him? That is Jesus. And what Jesus did, He paid the payment that we were unable to pay, right? So look at verse 14. By counseling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this He set aside, nailing it to the cross so this is how Jesus did it and how God made us alive right it says by counseling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands right this indebtedness is not towards the people that we've wronged or sinned against but instead it's against God whom we sinned against and now there's a record of debt and not only that we see that it says by canceling the record of that that stood against us with its legal demands. That is to say since our job, our work was sin and we've done that, what is due rightfully due to us is death. Then that means, yeah, you're going to get it because you have sinned and you're only gonna get it because it's rightfully yours you're welcome here's death but we have to also look at God's mercy and God's grace because ultimately not only were we dead in our trespasses and sins uh, but God made us alive so praise God for that we reflect on where we once were But we praise God for where we are now, right? Because where we once were, the rightful thing for God to do is condemn the evildoers. But like I said, but God, he set it aside, right? He set this record of debt aside. How? Well, it says by nailing it to the cross. We have to understand that on the cross, they would write the crimes of the criminal has committed so that the people who are walking by and looking at these criminals being crucified they'll see what they're guilty for and jesus above him they put this is jesus of nazareth and he is the king of the jews but as we read Throughout scripture, we see that Jesus had no sin in him. He was not a sinner. He was the sinless one from God. Yet, they put this inscription above him as if he committed that sin. But we see throughout scripture that he is the king of the Jews. Right? We see that the Lord is king. And not only that, he's king of kings. Well, you see, that was the, uh, the problem of the early church when they were being persecuted. They were all. All they had to do was say that Caesar is Kudios, right? Caesar is Lord. That's what they wanted you to say. But no, they understood that, that there is only one Lord, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why throughout Scripture we see all these letters talk about Jesus Christ as being the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only Jesus Christ, but the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or it would say our Christ Jesus, our Lord. Right? And we see that all throughout Scripture. And we have to understand what that what that means that Jesus is lord right Jesus is kurios and that is to understand that the god he is the one who's existed from before time John was on it when he wrote the gospel of John that in chapter 1 verse 1 he said in the beginning was the word Speaking of Christ, and the word was with God, meaning he was face to face with God. He was in rightful relationship with the, with God. And then it says, and the word was God. The word himself is God. And in verse 14 of chapter 1 in John, it talks about that he took on flesh. So God dwelt among us. He pitched his tent and dwelt among us so praise god for that but we have to understand what that means and how is that now how is that what makes it possible for us to be made alive right god made us alive together with him and how is that done well by canceling this record of debt that stood against us Right, We rightfully deserve God's condemnation, but instead we receive His mercy. And how is that? Because Jesus Christ set that aside by nailing it to the cross. He nailed our sins to that cross and basically said, I paid for that. So praise God for that. Because look at what it says in verse 15. It says he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him you see it's funny because the death on the cross seemed to be the end right the end of god's redemptive plan the devil thought he had the upper hand and on the surface it did look to be like a failure but little that the rulers and authorities of the air knew this is exactly how God would bring about the salvation of his people through the substitutionary atonement of Christ, right? Jesus Christ stepped in for us. He took our place and suffered this punishment that we were supposed to suffer in himself. you see the the substitutionary atonement refers to jesus christ dying as a substitute for sinners and the scriptures teaches that all have fallen short from the glory of god that's romans three twenty three, that all men are sinners that's romans 3 9 through 18 and the penalty for our sinfulness is death romans six twenty three. but let's list, listen closely to what Romans 6 23 says it says for the wages of sin is death okay we get that we understand but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord that's the gospel right in order for us to understand the good news we have to know what the bad news is and the bad news is that the wages of sin is death meaning all of us we have sinned Therefore, death. But here we see the good news. But the free gift of God, it's free to us. It was not free to Christ. Right? He suffered the wrath of God that we were supposed to suffer. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Not only my Lord, it is our Lord. is Lord of all. What's funny is in Philippians, we get this understanding that those in heaven, those on earth, and those below the earth will bow their knee and proclaim that Jesus is Lord. So we have to understand what God did for us and praise Him for that. That we are made alive in Christ. And this is why you have to get Christ right. You have to get Him right. And what I mean is there's false Christ that has slipped into the world, right? The Mormons has a Christ. The Jehovah's Witness, they have a Christ. The Muslims, they have a Christ. But there's a difference. The Mormons believe that Jesus is just one of God's children and he is the brother of Satan. The Jehovah's Witness, they believe in Jesus. But they believe that Jesus is the first and greatest creation of God, or Jehovah. And that before he took on flesh, he was Michael the Archangel. See, this doesn't sound like the Christ of the Bible, does it? The Muslims, they believe that Jesus was a prophet. They believe that Jesus was a good teacher. But they don't believe that this Jesus died on the cross. They believe that he was replaced by someone else who looks to be like Jesus. But it wasn't Jesus. So if that is the case, Jesus did not die for anyone's sins. Therefore, leaving us to die in our own sins that Jehovah's Witnesses Jesus, he's not God. He's a lesser God. He's a God. He's a creation of God, but he's not God himself. And like I said before, the only one who is able to withstand the wrath of God is God himself. That's why we have to really understand who Jesus is. We have to be ready to give an answer To who Jesus is. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Because if we are to be called Christians, we have to articulate who Christ is. If you're a Christ follower, who are you following? Tell me about it. You see, if all you know is that Jesus died for your sins, and that's it, then then you're either a baby Christian and immature in the faith, or you really don't know who Christ is. And that is why we have to submerge ourselves in Scripture to understand who Christ is. Because once we start reading, we start understanding more about Christ. What did He do? Well, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame. What else is He? Well, for in, in Him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. That's Colossians 2, 9 we go back to Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and on we see that Jesus is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation and by him all things were created in heaven and on earth all things and all things were created through him and for him Jesus is the head of the the body the church and in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell And he is reconciling everything to himself through him, making peace by the blood of his cross. Right? He's now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death uh, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, before God. You see, we read scripture and we learn more about him and now we can describe him better. And that is the purpose. We are called to know God, truly know God, not just about Him, but really holding fast to these truths and believing it. So I would say, get into scripture, learn more about Christ, grow in your faith, so that you may be able to answer or give a proper answer to these objections. Because I've had people come to me and ask or, or tell me, why do I not become Muslim? Because they believe in Jesus too. At the time that I was asked, I didn't really have an answer for them, So I just told them, well, I don't know. But now that I do know, I can say that, no, their Jesus is different from the Jesus of Scripture. Because the Jesus of Scripture died on the cross for my sins. And that He was the only one that was able to withstand the wrath of God in my place. So that I could be made alive together with Him. Because I have fallen short from the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of His death on the cross. And since He rose from the grave. I can trust that I will one day rise from the grave as well. In a new body. In a glorified body. By a body that does not deteriorate. And I can trust that the Lord will keep me to the end, that I will not fall away from this faith. Because Romans chapter 8 verse 38 it says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why this is the Christ I believe in, because this is the only Christ that can say, which is the true Christ, in whom God revealed to us, in whom John attests to Mark, Luke, Matthew, Paul, Peter, James, and all of those who partook in writing the scriptures. Right, that God has used to write down exactly what we're to know about him. So again, read his word, trust his word, and believe it. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero. <laughs>